Well, welcome back to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And head of festive cheer, Sam. Head of fest. Do you know what? I'll let you off with that one. Yeah. Mini yeah. Christmas. It is. Yeah. No, you, you got ho, yourself ho, in ho. there. Well, yeah, that's fine. Uh, this week, you're not pretending to be our accounts department or any sort of rather ridiculous. Never pretending, mate. <laughs> no. Just, no. Just who I am as a person. Uh, today, here's a question for you, Sam. Oh, yeah. You'll like this. I thought, what would Sam buy in today's market? Nothing. Okay. Well, if <laughs> nothing, just in general, <laughs> nothing, just, just no matter what, it's cost of living or, crisis, mate. Can't afford to buy well, things. Well, that's the thing. You all you hear at the minute is uh, in the UK, it's a cost of living crisis. In Europe, it's a recession, I suppose. In the US, people are talking about whether it will be a depression or a recession, and the rest of the world. How about a depression recession? Yeah, well, that would be that'll get them. <laughs> that even even men whose only job it is to keep the grass shorter than five inches long. We'll be out of a job then. Well. So, but if you had, let's say, a normal amount like £10,000 to spend on a car today, right. with the market how it is, with the world how, how it is, bearing in mind this is still a car enthusiast podcast, so your answer can't be I'd buy a four-year-old Skoda with a warranty. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. What do you think it would be that your money would go to? I want more than one car. Okay. Probably. A four-year-old Skoda with a warranty. Would it? <laughs> um, see, you haven't given me any time to prepare for this. I've given him no time and to I, prepare I know this nothing about question. the state of prices of cars. So, well, okay, I'll, I I'll, would buy a hybrid. For 10 grand, what would you buy? If possible. It wouldn't, wouldn't be too exciting, though. It would be something like a Prius. Can I put a deposit down and then put, pay no. monthly? No. What? See, but all, all I'm thinking is... I don't is, think I'd buy anything for 10 grand, because what is there? If our listeners uh, went a back canoe. to... For 10 grand, you get... A Decent, very good canoe. You probably get a motorised boat. Yeah. Not an amazing one, I should add. Well, that'd be right. What I was thinking about is is if some of our listeners, what I've noticed is as people find us, we get these big spikes of downloads because there'll be people who've downloaded 50 at a time or 10 or 20. And they might be going to earlier ones. Right. And I thought in those ones, you've talked about several different cars that you would buy. And right. so I wondered... Yeah, but they're all expensive. Well, cars like a V8-powered Audi S5. There's an example. For well, you. I wouldn't buy that, no. So that would be under £10,000. Yeah. It would be in the budget still. Yeah, but I wouldn't buy one now. Because? Too expensive and not practical for starting a family. Not practical? It's only got two doors. Well, it's got four seats. Yeah, but two doors. Yeah, but... So I want four doors. So it's got two ways of putting children yeah, in the back. I want I mean. an i30N. Yeah, but you but got, they're all like, between but, 14 and 20. So. You, this is a classic example. If everyone listening, if this is the first episode you're listening to, this is classic. Then why I are you starting Sam, here? I why give, are you starting here? I give Sam some parameters. He ignores those parameters and yeah. then says, I don't want anything for that anyway. Yeah, but it's like saying to you, Miles, for dinner tonight, you can have cheese. Right. Or cheese. Yeah, now, but, what would you like no, for dinner? I've said you, you've got 10,000 pounds. Okay, sorry. You can have grated cheese. Right. You can have liquid cheese. What would you like for dinner tonight? And you go, you... well, I'll probably have something that's not cheese. And that's not what I've told you. <laughs> you mentioned i30N then. Yeah. Would you buy one today? Yes. They are still they are still in dealership. You yeah. yeah. Still... No, not a brand new one, probably. Why? Well, because they're expensive. Mm, that, do you know what? They're not too bad. But actually, this is... A, no, you, you've brought up a really good point there. They are about £35,000 for a brand new i30N. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's similar money around the world in euros or dollars, depending on where you're listening. Uh, but there's a car that's come out 
well, this won't come out. This podcast won't come out this week. It will come out the week after. But as we're recording it, there is a car that's come out just yesterday. It's had its price announced. Mm-hmm. Now, thirty-five thousand pounds for me seems like quite a lot of money for a hot well, hatch. You'd spend that on a house, definitely, and not not a deposit, just a house. No, just a house, <laughs> no roof, but it, the wall. Most of the walls are there. But it, that seemed like quite a lot of money because if we went back five, six years ago, well, they were early twenties, weren't they? Uh, mid, I'd say mid is where they were. Right. Because uh, for, for, they've always had two specifications. So the one you would want would be sort of mid 20,000s. Yeah. And even like the Golf GTI and everything like that was sort of late 20s. Now everything's over 30,000. And as we've talked about previously, something like an i30M being £35,000, which comes with uh, track insurance, which a uh, track warranty. Oh, of course. Yeah. I remember you saying about Not this. track insurance. Sorry. I should clarify. Track warranty. But I mean, just as valuable for you if you're on a yeah. track. Now seems like an amazing bargain because a car that I was very excited about, which when I heard the price I am no longer very excited about, has had its price announced. The Honda Civic Type R. Oh, Jesus. How much money do you think that is, Sam? Who cares? I can guarantee no one listening to this podcast that's seen a picture of this car has gone, I'd care what this costs. Everyone wants to buy one. Nobody the, wants on, to buy everyone one. on the planet. Wants Not to buy one, one person. Even everyone. the people that own the current one go, oh, do you know what? I didn't want to buy this car. I don't know why I'm here. Well, people who own the current one may think they got a bit of a bargain because towards the end of the old one, that was over £35,000. It was sort of, um, I think, thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Which seems very expensive. Bear in mind, this is a Honda Civic. For a uh, saloon car, it is quite a lot. For this hatchback. With right? four doors and a, sl- a sloped boot. <laughs> with its five door being that the boot opens It's in a basically hatch. like what you were trying to claim when the Mondeo was a hatchback. When it was a hatchback. Yeah, but it's not though, is it? Right, Sam does cars off of the shape of them. I do yeah, it but off the technical specifications of if them. If you were to look at it, you go, oh yeah, well I'd group that with an Audi A4. Yeah. Or... Other saloons. Uh, BMW 3 Series has always been a saloon. Yeah. Because it's always had a proper boot. Yeah. It's one of the things I like about the German manufacturers, by the way, that they do say, no, if you want our saloon, have a proper boot. If you want a big access point in the back, buy an estate. But we're going off the point. Yeah. How much, is, how much is this new Honda Civic Type R? It's 42,000 pounds. So, yeah, but you were just guessing like airy fairy figures of, you know, like... Well, it will be some silly figure. There'll You're telling some... me that somebody wants £35,000 for an i30N. That seems like an absolute bargain now, doesn't it? No. <laughs> it, just, it just seems like a less ludicrous amount of well, money. Well, that's true. That is true. Because I genuinely, I think of it. And I'm look, you and I could look at it. I've owned two Civic Type R's. I can't look at it. It makes me feel <laughs> sick. <laughs> I've owned two Civic Type R's. And I, the last one I owned, I was... a my mid-twenties, I think I owned it. Yeah, it was like your midlife crisis. At 26. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you see yourself as, like, ancient now. Do I? Yeah. Right. Well, at 30. I think of the three. two of us, there's only one of us that's... Oh, yeah, but I've been old since I was young. I don't think you, I'm old. You're sitting old. there going, oh, my life's basically over because I'm actually 33. You were old in the womb, mate. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> you were came out... I don't, I'm not bothered about it. Yorkshire tea. But yep. anyway, there'll be people out there that... So I had a, my first suit top, I think I was 21 or 22. The second one I owned, I was 26, I think. So that that's, to me, the sort of buyer's age, up to around 30 for Civic Type R. Right. As Because like you just said, if you're looking at, if you're a bit older than that, you start to think about family cars. 
uh, you know, well, the new one is. And, but even so, it, are there people out there saying, I'm going to buy a hot hatch when they've got a wife and, you know, a baby? There's, there's yes, a smaller I'd say market. so. We know people like that. We do, but those people also are buying motorbikes. <laughs> but their car is a. An estate. An estate. Yeah, but it's a hot in, estate. It's not. Yeah, but it is. The one he's got now. Is, yeah, but for him it is. Well, for, for me, it would be. Yeah, okay, but for the rest, of, I mean, we'll put it, he's got a 320i. So for I thought he had a 330 He doesn't, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. That's why we, I'm saying it. he went very ordinary. Very oh, quickly. okay. But my point being with it, what market are you appealing to? To me, a Civic Type R is going for like a 25-year-old who enjoys their car. Well, they are not, they, they almost all of them do not have £47,000. And I know they'll finance it, but the payments will be, yeah, but if you're if you're aiming for that market, surely you must agree at this point that the shape of that car is wrong. What would it be? A proper hat? What if you ask someone to draw a hatchback? That the problem is, yeah, but hatchbacks didn't used to be bought by people over forty. I mean, they they were, but most people over yeah, forty bought. You're saying that the, the or... demographic is people up to sort of twenty seven, twenty eight for nobody, a hot hatch. Yeah, but nobody wants a car that big at that age, do they? No, but the problem we is... We looked odd driving right. around in your Mazda 6 when we were right. young. And it's not much smaller than that. The problem is, there's a deception here. Its actual length and height is not that far off of a Volkswagen Golf. Cars have just got so big. Yeah, but I just think it's just the wrong shape. If we compared it off to... And not, we, don't, we won't go down the dimensions thing. I think I want to stick with the price on this one. Who's buying it? Now, I can understand. If you said to Businessman. me... A forty-five-year-old businessman would buy a Golf R in black. I'd yeah, say, they yeah, would. Probably would. Yeah. He probably would because what does he want? Something that's powerful, something that is fairly discreet. Well, so he'll buy it then. Well, he's not going to buy a Civic Type R, is he? Yeah, massive probably. spoiler hanging off the back of it. Yeah, because you know, is he's worried that his missus is going to leave him. The kids are sort of mid-aged, and he but wants to keep up buy... with the younger dads. Okay, but he's... At football on a Saturday. Isn't he going to buy on a company car list? And if he does, well, only if it's available. That car will not be available. Company car at the minute. If you're in the UK, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this around the world, if you're in the UK, there is a huge, a huge gap between buying an electric car or a sorry buying leasing an electric car or a hybrid through your company, and then everything else that is not a hybrid, like either plug-in or, you know, like a Prius self self thing. To to get a Civic Type R. Yeah, years ago, I'd, I'd agree with you because they the the well years ago I might have bought one. Well, years ago, how, do you know how much the EP3 Civic Type R started at? So it's twenty years ago. Do you know how much it started at? Fifteen grand. Do you know what? You're not far wrong. I think it was like late sixteen. That was the price. It's more than double over twenty years. The inflation rate has not been more than no, double. That's fair. Like if you if you go over that, you know, you don't get to a hundred and fifty percent. So I want to know what Honda are doing, especially because I was genuinely interested in what that car was going to become. The only, <laughs> the only thing I can think is Honda have just gone, we don't want to sell many of them. Maybe. Maybe they want to drop it. But, and, but the crazy thing is they're doing this in the UK. So in the US, how much is it in the US, Sam? You are a North American correspondent. I am, but unfortunately I've uh, had to vacate that continent for did, a while. Did you? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Forty dollars, $40,000, $40,000. <laughs> $42,000. Oh, there you go. But, so that's about the... They'll sell more in America. 
Oh, they definitely will. But the crazy thing is that that means that if we were to do the currency conversion, it's about £10,000 yeah. cheaper in the United States than in That's the That's their target market, though, because they, they have bigger cars from young. It's built. like it, it, Historically, the Civic Type R, I know it's Japanese. I know Honda is Japanese. I'm not saying anything against it being Japanese. But we built them in the UK. Yeah, but if you it's think when, home, when kids are you know, young in America, they will have bigger cars. Uh, if they live in the majority of states. So, well, but that's, sorry, they'll sell they... more there for that reason, because it's that sort of shaped car. I just don't, yes. It's not what the, the demographic you're talking about in this country would perceive as the shape of the car they'd be looking at. It's a really good point that um, uh, the best example I can give is Mercedes don't sell the A-Class. They sell the CLA, which is like the coupe shape. Yeah. So they won't sell... Or they they're pulling hatchbacks. There's something about the American market for whatever reason, manufacturers and I don't know whether because I I see it from the enthusiast side. The enthusiasts say no, we want the hatchback. Yeah. But it seems that that's just the enthusiast because the majority of buyers seem to want the uh, the sort of coupe shape or sedan shape or whatever else, and not so much hatchbacks. But I'm still I'm still just baffled by that price. As I said, the only thing I can imagine... Oh, it's insane. But then so is, a, so is a 35 grand for an i30N. So. I know you said it's, it's you know, that's, that's talking, oh, oh, looking because... like a steel, but only looking like a steel if you're comparing it to insanity. <laughs> so I'm just talking about in relative terms. You yeah. know? I mean, especially if you're giving... Honda obviously confident in their product. If you're giving someone, I think it's either two or three years of a track warranty and then a standard five-year warranty... You obviously believe in this in this vehicle can do it. Now it's not as fast, okay. It, it does not have the power of the Civic Type R, but it is not such a wide gulf that we're talking about a Bugatti Veyron versus. Oh, they do a sport thing as well, don't they? Whatever they call it, the saloony looking i30N, which they do sell in this country. Uh, they pulled it, I think. Oh, have they? I oh, think. okay. Well, you can still buy one on like second. Yeah, yeah, you definitely so. can. And they had it. We had it here for about four or five years no, it's horrific <laughs> it's not a good looking them, car you? you didn't see many of them no. full stop <laughs> yeah. whether it was standard trim or not but i'm pretty sure again with manufacturers sort of reducing their uh their global offerings because they've i've, I've heard this actually recently manufacturers saying they intend which i think this is one of the funniest strategies i've ever seen so do you remember you used to watch well we both used to watch there's a comedy called black book mm-hmm where they've basically, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's one of the best comedies ever. Oh, it's hilarious. It's basically a drunk guy who runs a bookstore and isn't interested in selling anything. Yeah, that's the that, that's the whole premise of the show. Manufacturer, car manufacturers seem to have watched that show and thought, genius. We want to be that. <laughs> They're now saying, no matter what happens with supply, they do not intend to make as many cars. Right. They want to follow. And I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast once before, but this is more manufacturers now saying this. We're going to follow the Ferrari and Rolex method of making money. Now. What, not selling things except to very wealthy people? So the rest of us just have to walk. So you, you sell like a, a, a very small number. For very large amounts of money. Yes. The hilarious thing with that is Ferrari can do that because Ferrari, at the beginning of that process, thinking about it, yeah. only have you know, say 0. 0.001 of the entire car market to worry about. That's mm -hmm. that's their customer base, that 0. 0.001. And of that 0. 0.001, 
50% just want to buy a red Ferrari. Yeah. Because they come into money whatever way. They saw a film once. Maybe they're not even interested in cars. But they have walked into a Ferrari dealership and said, I appear to have a lot of money in my back pocket. I would like <laughs> you to take it and in exchange, give me a red Ferrari. Yeah. And, which might or might not, but catch on fire. Yeah. And then the dealer just says, okay, well, we're going to tick some option boxes and the price will go up. But otherwise, we won't sell it to you. And they said, that's absolutely fine. You just keep ticking whatever boxes you think is appropriate. <laughs> but as long as a red Ferrari is on my driveway by the end of the year, I don't care. Preferably, I'll have it today. <laughs> end off. Can you imagine? And I sold cars for quite a long period of time. <laughs> just someone walking into a Nissan dealer with that same <laughs> mentality. <laughs> Hi, I am here to buy uh, what is it? an Aria. Well, actually, an Aria is a 50 grand car. Um, Nissan's a terrible example, actually, because they don't really sell. They sell the Leaf. I, I've arrived and I want to buy a Nissan Leaf. <laughs> yeah, said nobody. No. Well, well, people do, to be people fair. People do. They do not say, though, at any cost. That's not the next <laughs> words out their mouth. Hi, I'm here. Well, somebody buy. might. But there would be a couple of people who have a lot of money and who just want an electric vehicle and have heard that a Nissan Leaf is good and walk in and don't know the price. But the majority of people are not Concords yeah. uh, uh, passengers. When they went around and asked their Concorde passengers, how much did you pay for your ticket? Oh, I'm very sorry. I don't know, actually. My, my secretary sorted it out for me. It's not the answer you're getting from almost the entire car market. Yeah. <laughs> but car manufacturers, they've like almost convinced themselves that this will happen. And you can see what will happen is that they'll all try it. It'll work for a little while. Then one of them will say, hmm, we could offer a small discount. Just a small discount. <laughs> and we'll increase our market share. And someone else will say, they're offering a small discount. We better offer a small discount. And then it'll go straight back to where it's been for the last... Well, well just let them try it. They just won't sell anything for a while. Just, yeah, but the crazy thing is they're going to do that. Well, in the meantime, what they're going to do, they'll push used car prices ever higher. higher. Yeah, Ever higher, but then at the same time, these cars will get to the point where they need uh, bigger and bigger repairs. Because, yeah. unfortunately, we've got to a point where some people... Yeah, they do just change their car every three years on a lease. Mm -hmm. And they, I wouldn't say abuse the car, but they don't have much care for the vehicle. So they take it into a dealer once a year and it suits them. Just take it in and the dealer says, you need new tires, new brakes and a service. And they say, fine. And then they go back out and they, they never think to check the oil level, the yeah. screen wash level, the, you know, whether they have any air in their tires. That suits certain people. The trouble is, when you start to force those people to say, well, if you want that privilege, you're going to have to pay double what you previously paid. And they say, I can't afford that. So they start taking that mentality to a 15-year-old car. <laughs> That's when you break down. Yeah. Well, it means there'll be more cars about for the rest of us. Well, no, because they'll be getting scrapped because these people will be... Well, if they'll scrap them, maybe, they'll just... but maybe we'll just have to hang around scrapyards and BM... say, that I'll fix that. I'll just put some oil in it. BMW came up with them. Um... I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was the head of their... I think it was their head of their sustainability. And I really like this idea, and I know it won't catch on. But it's something I think you and I have talked about it a million times. And it would be great if it ever did catch on. The head of their sustainability said, the answer is not to buy more cars that are powered by whatever. Mm -hmm. It is to actually do a sort of a refurb of older cars. 
Yeah. As in, they get to say ten years old, and they, they there was I can't remember the woman's name that uh, heads up the department, but she gave the example of the driver's seat. Yeah. So but get a new seat. In get it, a yeah. new driver because it, it ultimately the seat that does all of those miles. Yeah. Is the driver's seat. Now then you'll know if if you're a taxi, of course, the back seats do a lot of the miles as well. But for the majority of cars on the road, the one seat that will probably need replacing is the driver's seat. But if you replace the driver's seat, gave the, the carpets a complete vacuum, did a, a mechanical overhaul yeah. of suspension brakes and any mechanical aspects of the engine and put it on a forecourt, blindfolded a load of people and said, you go out in that car, then go out in this car. Which one's brand new? You'd have to take the blindfold off while you're driving. No. Okay. You crash it into a wall. <laughs> but it, just a field test, you know, okay, yeah. you're in two cars. Apart from the smell, if you, as long as you could sort of, you know, normalise for smell or, or to, you know, put a peg on someone's nose. Yeah. Say, so which one's the new car? Are, are a lot of people going to know the difference? Probably not. Not You know, you sit in a new seat, a steering wheel that's, that feels new in the hands, you know. And I think... You know, the the answer they had to that was that BMW would actually still make quite a lot of money because they would sell the seat. They would yeah. sell the, the, the refurb. Well, they'd do a package, and, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would say, look, this is the 10-year refurb package, just like some cars have 10-year service intervals for stuff like supercharger oil, the yeah. classic one. You know, you have to change And then people find that actually 10 years is probably a bit too long. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's one of those things where they sell a hundred thousand mile or 10 year service kit and it's this one-off kit for the car they have that but a, a, a much larger sort of overhaul would mean you double the life of the car because instead what happens is when that car gets 12 years old someone's presented with a bill yeah they've got a worn tired 12 year old car they don't really care for and a five grand bill mm -hmm. what happens they shift it on Someone then either decides to scrap it or a breaker's yard takes it or, you know. And then yeah. you've got a 12-year-old car that's just being ripped apart and then a brand new one has to be built in its place. So, well, the mentality you need to get rid of is keeping up with your neighbours. Yeah, that's a big thing. Because that's why if, if people stopped doing that, then many people would stop buying brand new cars because we'd be like, oh, well, I see everybody else is driving around in a brand new whatever. So... I feel like a bit of a loser because I'm driving around in a not brand new whatever. Do you think you could actually change? People's... No, that's why it won't ever change. It's like ring it's a, doorbells. It's a, it's a, fun, it's it's a those fundamental. Buying ring doorbells because their neighbours got one. Well, actually, I think you'll find that the person you're referring to got one because their wife said to them, "When you're away, when no, when you're away in the evenings and I'm home alone, I'd like a doorbell where I can see who's at the door before I go to the door." I think there's other so, brands though. Yeah, and we found that that was the cheapest one. So, so everyone knows I am referring to Sam directly yeah. on this one. <laughs> we looked at all of them, actually. Did you? So unlike what you... How many are there, actually? How many? Oh, loads. Oh, really? Yeah. Is there like... We looked at all the like proper all the branded ones. ones. Yeah. Okay. And it was I, I wasn't sure if they had some sort of patent. So over. your joke has backfired massively. Well, not really, because I think maybe you didn't. <laughs> oh, no, a lot of people One will, person yeah. buys a ring doorbell, which has got a camera, and they can do it on their phone, and they go around to their neighbours and they say... When a parcel man knocks on my door... I can tell him to leave it somewhere, and he still throws it over my fence. Yeah, he throws it over the fence, and then when the burglar arrives, <laughs> he knows... I can that. see them stealing I, my package. I can announce to the entire street through yeah. my doorbell, <laughs> throw it over the fence, mate, and then any old crim that's hanging around can just jump the fence. And then when they, when they... I can shout at them. Yeah. That'll yeah, stop them. Stop. Don't do that. 
I'll, I'll come home. How dare you make a rude gesture at me through my doorbell? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, but one of those points is that I'm not sure whether we'd ever change human behavior because it's no, the classic but the, thing, isn't but it? that's what I'm saying. That's a fundamental thing. And that mm. means that this won't ever change. Well, the worst part is I think manufacturers, especially for cars, have got obsessed with trying to give people a gimmick to show their neighbor. Oh, my car's got a bigger screen. And when I open the door, it presents an Audi logo on the wall. Yeah, or the doors will open open themselves if I press a button, or the car will can reverse itself 15 feet yeah. out of a space. It's like, yeah, I just get in the car and reverse it myself. Yeah. Oh, but what about in that, you know that one time that someone parked really close to you at the pub and you couldn't? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, then, then I just get in the passenger door. Yeah, I know but someone over. parked really close on the passenger. Oh, then I'll get in the boot. <laughs> yeah, see, this is the thing. But to give <laughs> or I'll answers... go back in the pub and say, which bleep has parked too yeah. close to my car? Get outside and move it now. <laughs> then we'll have a fight and he'll move his car. But the crazy thing is that if you give those people those really narrow scenarios... Of... Like, oh, yeah, do you know what? That's brilliant. Well, yeah. I should buy one what too. What <laughs> about if your car is blocked in on both sides and the boot has welded itself shut overnight? Yeah. Then in this case... And it's raining. Yeah. In this case... <laughs> and you're then, dead. <laughs> your brand new car that can reverse itself 10 feet would be very useful. Yeah, but congratulations. Like... <laughs> I'm glad you spent 65 grand on that. So I think that's the trouble is that manufacturers have always tried to give gimmicks. But I know that, for example, when I sold cars, the gimmicks, they were... I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call them gimmicks half the time. They were just specification things that we tried to say we have over the next dealer. So, for yeah, example... something that's useful. Yeah, like... Oh, you get Bose sound system was the one thing I remember in Masters. Mm -hmm. And it was, well, if you go for the sports spec, we, you automatically get a Bose sound. You don't it's have funny to... how you don't get that anymore. No, no, it's brilliant. <laughs> what, what, actually, most manufacturers seem to have stopped doing this. It's yeah. really weird that if you buy a 10 or a 15-year-old car, or even a 5-year-old car in some cases, you'll get the little label that says, yeah. I think Audi had Bang & Olufsen, uh, BMW... Oh, BMW have Harman Kardon. Okay, was the upgrade. Um, uh, Land Rover do have one as well, but I can't remember which one it was. But to be fair, if it's from a BMW ownership era, it'll probably be Harman Kardon as well. But there was, and then there was Bose. Mm -hmm. And I remember that was the big thing of saying to someone: if you buy a Mazda six in sports spec, there's no charge additional. You get the Bose speakers. But if you go to Hyundai over the road or Nissan. And you go for their top spec, you have to specify yeah. the speakers. We just give them for free. So it wasn't really a gimmick. It was like, here's a thing that you'll use, and we're including it in the deal. And that was enough for a lot of people. They were like, oh, well. Because they wouldn't necessarily have picked it. But when they go and show their neighbor, yeah, this is the thing they've got. And they say, well, I wouldn't have picked it myself. But look at these fancy speakers I've got, you know. And but it's funny because they probably wouldn't make much difference while you're driving, to be honest. It's nice to have a good speaker system. Not unless you are, if you're really into like opera or classical music, yeah. then you have to have a very fine. Because uh, my car's got a thing where you press a button and it switches to a surround sound okay. versus a regular. I don't, I don't, what I find odd is that you have the option to have it with and without. Yeah. Like, well, yes, I need the symphony sound only when I'm listening to classic <laughs> FM. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> I can have regular speakers. If I've just put, you know, one of the regular radio stations on or my own music, it's fine. But it's funny that all these companies have probably got the same basic software for their speakers anyway. So I mean, what's probably... Bose, Bang & Olufsen, they've probably all got the same 
technology. I'd love to know. I'd actually love to know well, what the you know I've bought is. I've bought some earbuds. I bought oh, it's not like we're advertising. I bought some Samsung Galaxy Bud Two Pros recently, sure, which were very expensive. Massive sponsor of the show, Samsung. Yeah. They, they've been oh yes, billions into this. <laughs> I think they were about two hundred and something pounds. Really? Were they? Yeah. Okay. So they, but I wear them every day at work, yeah, and yeah, they've no, got no, active noise cancelling yeah, and yeah. they're Bluetooth, so I don't have any wires to worry about. But they're I'm powered. only surprised about the price because I think they were you 200. hear about like yeah. the cheap ones. Yeah. So I didn't. I genuinely didn't know. I know uh, AirPods are the Apple ones, and they're yeah. in the hundreds as well. So yeah, they're similar to that. They're both yeah. exactly the okay. same, basically. But they're powered by AKG. You can I buy some Bluetooth were... AKG headphones. Okay. Yeah. For 50, 60 quid. Oh, Same weird. technology in them. But I've but, got the Samsung ones because it, li- it links to my phone. I've got the app and it has got, they've got more features on. Like it's got active noise cancelling. Right, okay. So, so there if is I, something it, for the extra If I money. hold my hand, finger on the thing, yeah. it will, if I had them in now, I wouldn't be able to hear you talking. Yeah, yeah. But if I hold it again, it will let the sound in. Right, okay. Okay. So but then also something. like it senses my voice talking and it will... It'll take off the noise cancelling while my voice is on so that it knows I'm having a conversation so it'll yeah. let me hear what people are saying. Yeah, yeah. But it's just interesting. Like You can sell things to people, but they've probably got similar technology to what they already have, but it's got a different badge on it. Yeah, I think well, with the, well, I've heard this with headphones before, and headphone companies yeah. particularly, and a lot of people who are very into music and sound and music. Well, there's only so much technology you can put in something that you fit in your ear, isn't there? You so, do wonder, don't you? You kind of think... I wonder how, when you get to the sort of finer end of it, at the bottom end, we can assume that most things are almost the same. Because if you're selling, let's say headphones for £20, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine between brand A and brand Z, for £20, I can't really see that there's going to be a lot of difference in the quality. No, probably not. Once you get up to, say, the hundreds, are you in the same scenario or are you in a sliding scale? And once you then go to the thousands, because there will, I'm sure there's headphones out there. Oh, a hundred percent, yeah. Are we talking about a five percent difference over the hundreds, or are we talking about some so, some sort of technology that we just don't know about? No, I think you're talking a five percent. Yeah, but it's got it's got a badge, or it's just it's been endorsed by somebody. Because I'm thinking of cars. As you go up the chain, you know, so you start off. Uh, what's the most? Uh, Kia Picanto is mm-hmm. the cheapest car you can buy in the UK. You go up the chain, Volkswagen Golf. Then you go up a bit further and you can go Porsche. Yeah. Uh, Boxster. You know, mm-hmm. 718 Boxster. You keep going along. Okay, like a Tesla. Then it's all electric. But yeah. it's four wheels. It's got brakes. Yeah. It's got a steering wheel or a yoke if maybe if they've chucked that in for some yeah. daft reason. But then you've got Ferraris and Lamborghini. Like, the only th- real thing I think that there's a line that you draw is when they start using uh, aircraft technology. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've got like better engines and you can go yeah, faster. Yeah, but, but, but you're still an engine. Yeah. This is like the old thing of uh, someone's tuned up their Nissan GTR and they're racing a Viron. Yeah. Now the Viron's made out of, you know, it's a monocoque. It's got all these different sorts of technologies and software and hardware and yeah. four turbochargers and it's got carbon fibre weaved into everything plus magnesium. But ultimately send him down the runway and that guy who's been down to Litchfield or somewhere and yeah. a thousand horsepower put in his GTR is keeping able. up or overtaking yeah so you, you just with cars you do have a sliding scale there's not many cars that say there are, are a million pounds that are are comparable to a car at the hundred thousand oh don't start me on million pounds because I'll start whinging about the state of cars now you know Bugatti have announced another model have they yeah 
I don't even know what it's called, and I don't care. It looks the same as before, but <laughs> it's got so. a different badge on it now. But that's like something like two point five million. Is, Who's spending this on a car? Is it still? Is it still electric? Oh, sorry, is it still an engine or is it electric? Who cares? I think it's got an engine. It sounds really into the two and a half million. But this could be on your shopping list. You're like Hyundai i30n or two or, and a half million pound Bugatti. Yeah. Koenigsegg, no back seats. Koenigsegg have partnered with someone and are building a showroom in Berkshire. Are so, they? Yeah. Oh, it's not nice. solely Koenigsegg, but it's... Um, well, yeah, I mean... I, that's what I was looking at my phone for. I was, uh, it's Super Vettura. Okay. But the picture, the, the artist rendering of it, it's got Super Vettura on one side and then Koenigsegg on the other. That doesn't look like uh, the sort of dealerships I used to work at. That looks more it's like a It's not the sort of dealerships that they'd let you walk into. Right, yeah. This Unless is... you've turned up on a flying jet ski or a helicopter, probably got a runway out the back. Yeah, you can fly in. You know, fly in, take the car down the runway. Yep, that's good enough. I shall have one of those. Send it to my yeah, house precisely. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to go into that, Sam, or shall we end this podcast there? Um, I've got. I'm, I don't particularly necessarily need to whinge about it. Go oh, on, the go kind exactly. We're talking or just talk whinging about, about cars. No, talk about the Koenigsegg thing so people know about it. Oh, I've just closed it now. But hang on. Well, if you well, can fill for me for two seconds, then there I'll was be able a to new car up. you told or you sent me a picture of. It wasn't new though. That's was the it thing. Not? No, no, that's been out for a while. I didn't I, I was incredible. I was busy at the time, which is why I didn't reply and say it to you. But that's yeah. been out for a while. It's incredible that um cars like that happen like they come out, you hear about it once, yeah. forget they exist. The next time you expect to hear them is when a new one comes out. Yeah. And so you completely forget all the details because they're they're so out there. They're so sort of, this car's two and a half million pounds, they're going to sell ten. You think, well, I'll never ever see one in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Right, so Super Vettura are the official Koenigsegg UK supplier. Are they currently or are yeah. they going to be? Okay. Um, but they are also international sales of exclusive motor cars. In general? Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but we're talking like Ferraris, Lamborghinis, oh, etc. Yeah, also, I suppose, um, what's Aston Martin? They always have the, there's always like the half million pound Aston Martins that are done by an Italian designer, and I've completely forgotten. They they redesign the whole body of the car. Zagato. Oh, oh okay, right. Yeah. So they probably sell those, because they only ever sell like eight of them. They'll yeah, do an, a, a but they've got like hurricanes and stuff in the pictures of stuff okay. they're selling. But, yeah. yeah, so they're built, it's going to be built... For 2024, and it's going to be in Berkshire in Sunningdale. So that oh. sounds like a trip for the miles driven. We'll just drive past and we can film ourselves yeah, driving past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, that's pretty much all I had to say. I just thought it was exciting because obviously it's my favourite car brand. So well, I'm just thinking if we look at the analytics, probably 90% of our audience are two and a half million pounds. Well, that is true. So we should probably because they go for the quality. You yeah. see, so. so we should give them the information of where they need to. Because I wouldn't know if. For example, if we if I won the lottery or something, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know where to go to buy a Koenigsegg. Would you? Do you know what's incredible? If you won the lottery, Sam, you still couldn't afford a Koenigsegg. Two and a half billion quid. Well, if, I won the, well, if I won the if Euro If you won millions. the Euro millions, of course. <laughs> but did, did, what's the average lottery win? Two, three million quid? Uh, no, it seems to roll over a lot now. But I think tonight's okay. is a genuinely something like 2.5 million. So you could walk up and I say... I could buy a house. And then look at a Koenigsegg. <laughs> buy a house over the road from the dealer. Yeah. And then you're winning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that'll do us for this podcast, unless you've got um, uh, more, more million-pound supercar news. Do you know what? No. No? No. <laughs> in that case, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we shall catch you in the next one. We will, indeed. indeed.